0: Good evening, everybody. We are here on the 10th of July. It's session 75. Hmm. What's that? Platinum Jubilee? Yeah, Platinum diamond? Jubilee. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hallelujah. So we're celebrating our Platinum Jubilee <laughs> of our Q&A. Hallelujah. We just thank God for every opportunity he gives us. This morning we had a wonderful awesome. time with awesome. the pastors. So it's nice to see them all after three months. Yes, most of them were there. One pastor I know definitely passed away. There are a few old ones I didn't see do not know about them, but we'll continue to pray for all of our pastors. And if you didn't listen, plug in and listen. I know it's a little long, but those who are from here, you can listen in two languages. The others, you can learn some Telugu, even as you listen it in English. Okay, but today we'll go with the questions. We have questions, uh, not that many, but enough for the night, I guess. And for next week, please start sending now. Okay, so we... Welcome you to the Q&A, and we shall pray. Father, this evening we just thank you, Father. Though we are tired in the body, yet we are always grateful that you give us opportunities to serve you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Help us to be true, the Spirit, to your word, even as we answer these questions. We come at this time, and all the hearers into thy hands, use us for your glory. Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. 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 Pastor, yes, Pastor. Pastor, we'll start with question number four. Question, question number, number four. four. Okay. Uh, it's talking about dreams. How do we know which dreams are from God and which are from the enemy or from our flesh? And sometimes we forget the sequence of dreams as we wake up and sometimes we remember. How can we say?
0: One of the things is that if you forget, if you forget... Usually it's not from God. Okay, it was from indigestion. Okay. Lot of lot of dreams, honestly. Lot of dreams we have is if you look back, you will see many of the dreams have to got to do with uh, what you were meditating through the day or night. I mean what you are going through and the enemy. See enemy also also gives lots of dreams. Okay, enemy he's a fellow when you are sleeping slow sore stairs. Okay, he gives dreams. But usually when God gives you a dream, if God gives you a dream, He will also cause you to remember it. Don't look at Pharaoh's dream. Those are very specific cases where it caused Him to forget it so that Joseph would be able to remember it or rather Daniel would be able to know it. Okay, so those are very specific cases. But if God gives you a dream, it will be, you will not forget it. Okay, that's the power of God. Okay, so. He can overrule everything and see that you remember it because the reason God gives you a dream is because he's speaking to you mm. He's speaking to you okay and uh but many of the dreams are often many of the dreams are of our flesh of our flesh, so we need to be very very careful to be able to discern which is our which is God is speaking and what is uh, what is from our flesh. the enemy also gives dreams, okay. And many of the enemy's dreams can be often be very scary. Scary, mm. okay? Because he intimidates you. He's, he he's, he is. See, this is one thing about God. If you look at uh, John three sixteen and Romans uh, eight one, these through two verses, John three sixteen, wow, and seventeen, okay, John three sixteen. And we're 17. We can maybe read from, is it possible to get it on screen? We know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, yeah, can we have it? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever believes in him should not perish but everlasting life. And we're 17. Okay. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but the world through him might be saved. That principle still holds. Okay now after he has saved us um god doesn't condemn us okay he doesn't condemn us and romans 8 1 is very clear okay there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus okay and who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit but pri- primary principle is that god does not condemn us because there's a day he has kept for condemnation so even in a dream which god gives you he convicts you mm. Okay, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict. Okay, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict. He does not condemn. So that's how you kind of distinguish. But the holy the, the when the enemy gives you a dream, you will always see that either it is connected with fear or it is connected with condemnation. God will warn you through the dream. He will warn you through the dream. He can warn you. Okay? He can warn you. There are warnings which God gives you a dream. But this is primary look at is that. When God gives you a dream, He convicts you, or He wants you, or He will show you, for which you need confirmation. Hmm. Okay, confirmation. He gives you confirmation, like in Joseph's case. You know, God spoke to him through a dream. Okay, now please understand that. Yes, um, Peter preaches in Acts chapter two that you shall dreams and the Holy Spirit shall come upon all flesh, and you shall dream dreams and see prophesy and see visions. Okay, that is there. But the place it has today in our life is not like it was in the Old Covenant. Because in the Old Covenant, Scripture wasn't there. Scripture wasn't there. That's one of the things we need to understand what the Baptists had all talking about. How Scripture is given. God primarily speaks to a person through Scripture. Okay, Scripture. Now, people who do not know scripture who are outside of scripture like you hear all the time muslims coming mm. to the lord seeing dreams and all that is a salvation kind of a dream god is giving yes. but to christians who are saved or claim to be saved who never read the bible and they say god spoke to me in a dream and i don't it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense okay so please understand our primary source of God speaking to us today is the word of God. He speaks to the word of God. The word of God has come. He gives dreams. He gives visions. And sometimes he has to give it so strongly because we are entrenched in a in what you call a point of view, which is not right. Like Peter had to be shown it three times. And it is in the afternoon. Mm. It's not a dream, but it's a vision. so It's mm. kind of similar vision okay but he has to be shown three times because he's so adamant about it and god has to say that you know you got it wrong you got it wrong that's Mm. not what it means that's not what scripture means okay or it has changed the whole thing has changed now jesus has come and died and rose again the holy spirit has been released everything has changed so sometimes god will have to it is either a confirmation or it is a correction it can be a correction Mm. or it is conviction it's a warning, mm. okay? God works in that way. But the enemy is always condemnation. Hmm. It's always condemnation. Or he will deceive you through dreams. Hmm. Let us say you are living in absolute rebellion to the known will of God. And the devil comes and gives a wonderful dream about how God, much God wants to prosper you. Okay, prosper you, okay? So the devil is a deceiver. It's so a deceiver, okay? So that's where you need to end. That's how the enemy can use prophesy also. Ahab is going to die. It's already been set in heaven. He's going to die. But they are coming and prophesying victory to him. Enemy is coming and prophesying victory. But actually he's a deceiver. Now, victory is what everybody wants to hear. Hmm. Everybody, believer, unbeliever, rebel, everybody wants to hear about victory. But God will never lie to you. God will never lie to you. You know, when you're going for your death, he will not prophesy victory. Okay, he will not. So we need to be that's where we have to be very, very, very discerning about dreams. Okay. The simple thing is that each one of us honestly, now we are talking to believers who are listening. Each one of us as believers honestly know where we are standing with God.
1: Mm. Yes. And then
0: look at the dream, it agrees with that. Agrees with that. Am I walking in rebellion? And it's a dream telling the opposite. I'm walking in obedience. And the dream seems to be agreeing with that. Okay. So Jacob had 12 sons. Only one son dreamed. The other 10 were rebels. What dream can God give them? They were mocking their father. They hated their brother. And if they see a dream of all their sheaves standing right, then it is not from God. (laughs) Right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then, you know, then, uh, you see that ten sheaves are down and one sheep is standing upright over there, okay? So you need to realize that when God gives a dream, He is very careful to whom He gives a dream. You know? gives, gives a dream. That's, that's basically, the, We cannot have a full picture unless you hear a dream. Whether it is a lot of people, I mean, we have kids, uh, kids, uh, in our church uh, writing to me even last week they're seeing dreams of animals chasing them in their dreams and all no whenever you see honestly whenever you see animals in your dreams okay whenever you see animals dream in your dreams chasing it is animals are mostly symbolic of the demonic they're chasing you okay either it is the enemy trying to scare you or the god is trying to warn you you have open doors in your life. Mm. You have open doors in your life, and you need to get rid of them and close the door. Okay, because animals is something which uh, a lot of people write to me. You know, I don't usually answer. I'll just say I will pray because the problem is I give an interpretation and they will start uh, uh, working out on that interpretation. You know, but the simple thing is to go to God and ask, Lord, what does this mean? Instead, standing on a man's interpretation, okay? because God is speaking to you directly through a dream, and you need to go back. But a lot of people I know in recent past have written to me about dreams, and in most of the dreams they see animals chasing them, they see snakes and all, and usually when these things come in your dreams and it's kind of consistent, it is demonic operation. And you are being warned. There are open doors, like we saw today, big open doors. But absolutely all are blinded to that open door. Mm-hmm. You know, But we need to be very, very careful about this. That's all I can say about dreams.
1: Uh, huh. But he does send you dreams. Pastor, because we are talking about dreams, I think question number five will be appropriate to handle. Mm. Uh, question number five says, some claim that they have had supernatural visitation from the Lord. Uh, so visitation and the Lord took their spirits to heaven or hell. I read this book, Divine Revelation of Heaven, of Heaven and Hell by Mary K Baxter in 2006. Very scary to read the hell part, then, but could not believe as but it was. Uh, but could believe, as yeah. it was supported with scriptures. Thousands seems to have come to saving grace through that book. Though some mainline churches and teachers say that God won't give such an exp- such experience outside the Word of God. And Apostle Paul wasn't even allowed to reveal any details of his visitation. Yeah, we know that Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, twelve verses one to four. So, how do we handle this Pastor?
0: Okay, let's go back to the question. Mary K. Baxter's book is honestly scary. A uh, vision of heaven and a vision of hell is very good. I've read both of them. I think I have in my library. Okay, but the thing is that uh, when it co- talks about Apostle Paul okay, his visitation was to God's throne. Okay, God's throne. He was caught up to the third heaven where God was and he was not allowed to repeat what he heard. Okay, so we cannot take as answer for anybody. So we see the entire book of Revelation. It's Revelation about hands. another person who was taken to the third, third heaven yes. and he was asked to actually write. So God's sovereignty matters in this uh, in these things. Hmm. Now it could be because there could be two reasons for it. One of the reasons could be that what Paul uh, saw and heard was not to be revealed. Second thing it could be that he saw something before its time. And maybe what he saw was similar to what John saw. Mm. But it was to be revealed, certain things have to be revealed at its appropriate time. Mm. Okay, yes. so it could be that true. Mm. Okay. Mm. So but mm, when you come to this, okay, when you come to this, um uh, Let me ask you this question. Jesus said this story about the rich man and Lazarus. Rich man and Lazarus. He talks about the rich man. Yeah, we don't go to Acts chapter 2. I'll leave the question there. The rich man and Lazarus. The question is, you have a picture of, very clear picture of hell there. Mm. And like I keep saying, unlike parables, there's a name mentioned there. And Jesus does not mention names anywhere. Okay? Then Peter says, Jesus also went down to hell. Okay? Jesus also went down to hell. The The issue, the major issue over here is that when they say that God won't give such experiences outside the word of God, the issue is that this is the same thing they did with the Holy Spirit. You put God in a box. God cannot be Put in a box. Okay. Look at how the gospel of John ends. Look at how the gospel of John ends.
1: 21. Yeah. yeah? The last verses. Yeah, <laughs> So many things have not been written. That's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: And there are also many other things Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that, of course it's a hyperbole, but there is something over yes, there. Yes, okay. so? Everything that was seen and done and experienced have not been written. Have not been written. And everything that is being written in the Bible, each time it happens, it is new. Mm. It is new. Yep. Therefore, because the people before that did not experience it, they cannot discount this. Yep. It's a very dangerous thing. Flood has never happened. There's nothing nor a cord of flood. Build a boat, judgment is coming. If you discounted that because you have never experienced it, everybody who discounted it because they never experienced it, what happened died. Mm. Yes. They mm. died. Mm. Okay. So if you look at all the things in the Bible, each time it is happening, it is new. It is new. Yep. So we... this is how you put it. The word of God, the Bible, the 66 books we have in the Bible, contains the word of God. But if you think 66 Bible can contain the word of God of the word, then we have made our God very, very small. Mm. Very, very small. Very, very small. And that is what happens is that so many traditions, they have, God has magnified his word about Okay, all his name. What, what, what others have done is that they have taken the written word and lifted it above God also. Mm. God has only bound himself to his promises. But God hasn't bound who he is to the word of God. Mm. Only a small portion of who he is is revealed in this. Okay, revealed in this. And that is where the major issue comes over here, no? And that the whole issue is that God is still revealing a lot of stuff. But we need to always see, uh, does it agree, general principles, does it agree with similar things in the Bible? Yes. Like people will, one of the things, simple things about is that people will say, I know, there are people who will say, I went to the third heaven and I sat with Jesus and the Father and all. But we look into the Bible. Jesus says, "No one has seen the Father.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No one has seen the Father. And Jesus is the representation of the Father through whom only we can." Even John the apostle does not see the Father. Yes, yes, he no. does not see the Daniel does not see Nobody sees the Father has such. Nobody sees. Nobody talks about the Father has such. And this person comes and says, "And you know, you know what? That contradicts scripture." Mm. Contradict Scripture in John one eighteen Jesus is very clear, no one has seen the Father, no one has seen the Father and second, whenever you see people in the Bible consistent Old Testament or New Testament, when they have a revelation of who Jesus is or God is, when they actually you're talking about a visitation. You will see the visitation when it is written, described in detail. There is always unbelievable reverence and awe and the honor. Yes. And you don't see that, that there. Yes, yes. Okay, and that is how deception takes place. Hmm. Deception takes place. Okay, deception takes place. Because God, the enemy can manipulate a dream or a visitation for you, take you to the second heaven instead of the third heaven and take away the reverence that is need to be shown and make God look ordinary. Bah. Okay, God look ordinary. And this is very, it because okay. it's a second heaven. The enemy can give you all these experiences. Then, yes. Can give you any, any experience. He can always, that is why we don't put so much weight on experiences unless it is, agrees with scripture. And then you need to look at, with this vision or what you saw, what is the purpose behind it? In Mary Baxter's time, like the child has written, which is true. The vision of hell has brought so many into the kingdom of God like Jesus. He spoke more about hell than he spoke about heaven. Which is honestly true. Right? If you look, read, we don't have to go there. Look to Genesis, Revelation sorry, Deuteronomy 28. The blessings of obedience is 5 or 6 or 7, 8. The curses of disobedience is a whole long list.
1: <laughs>
0: because who's walking with God, you don't have to tell him what all the blessings are. It will just follow you, perceive you, overtake you. But those who are disobedient, you need to tell them what all things are. Right? If you go to the Indian Penal Court, it is only about the, <laughs> it happens to you if you break it. There is no, if you keep the law, there is nothing written there what the government will do for you. Okay. So we need to, we need to see how God is. Why is Jesus speaking to people about more about hell and hell? Because the first thing is that he doesn't want anybody to go there. And it's a place nobody wants to go. Should know. So we need to be very clear that when people say, I went to hell and I saw it and it scared, (laughs) it literally scared me out of hell. It is not a bad thing. Hmm. It's a bad, it's not a bad thing. And like I said, it agrees. But then they say, nobody can go. No, you can. You can go. And the simple question is if you can go to heaven, you can go to hell too. If God can take you to heaven, God can take you to hell too. Okay. Now you're you're shortening the arm of God. The question is what does their experience say? And what does their experience do? If somebody goes to hell and comes back and (coughs) negates hell. Oh, it is not like that. People are having a good time over there. Then you know, okay? <laughs> or I went to hell and they were all waiting because they said, no, uh, Jesus came here and spoke to us. This is only for a season. I want it like purgatory. You get well here. You get cleaned out. Then I will take you. you know. again, we know it is a lie. Yeah. It is a lie. Does their vision, like, a, does their vision of hell agree with what scripture tells about hell? Mm. Where the fire now, the worms don't die. They are tormented forever and ever. And all those things come and they are there because they refuse Jesus. And there is no second chance over there, you know, like uh Abraham tells Lazarus. You no, know? Abraham tells Lazarus. So that's that's what we have to look at it. Don't put God in a bracket. It's a very, very dangerous thing, very, very dangerous thing. You no. Know? just look at it. If you come to till Acts chapter 8. And then you go to Acts chapter 9 and you see how Saul of Tarsus is getting saved. And you say, nobody gets saved that way. Nobody gets saved that way. Everybody is saved by the preaching of the word. Hmm. But that's not how he is saved. Hmm. So you can discount Paul's salvation completely. And if you discount his salvation, then you have known the New Testament. Because they refuse to accept his experience in the same way. Uh, if you discount Paul's, uh, sorry, Peter's three visions, same vision three times, then Gentiles cannot be saved. Okay, so we need, we need to be very very careful. We need to be very very careful about how we. That's why a lot of stuff is there in the Bible. A lot of stuff have happened to people, uh, which are not there in the Bible. just the same God. Okay, so when it comes to truth, when it comes to truth, the Bible is the end. Okay, your word is truth. When it comes to experiences with God, we cannot and say that that experience uh, is outside the word of God, so I refuse to believe. Mm. No, you have to say that does that experience agree with the truth of God?
1: Yes, yes, yes that is what you need to say. does it
0: experience mm-hmm. with the truth, truth of, of god's, god's word, word? Yes. okay and if it agrees with the truth of god we say fine hey, you must have seen it and I, it's right people can see at the end of it is it agree with the truth of god's word hell is a place like that this brought conviction, the person has repented, yes. he has changed, others saw it. Mm-hmm. It's like a woman who touched the hem of Jesus' robe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before she did it, did anybody believe if you touch somebody's robe's hem, you can get saved, you can get healed? No, she did it. So the first time. But after that, you will see so many others touched. Yes. yes. Okay. So one person sees, and after that you see others start to see. And the net result of all their visions is that people are getting saved. Mm. People are getting saved. Okay, but you have to be very very careful that's what I said does that experience agree with the truth of God's word you don't look at the experience and then look in the world oh nobody has experienced this in the Bible therefore your experience is wrong no does your experience agree with the truth revealed in the word of God is how we need to look at it and if it agrees with the truth of God your experience is as good as mine
1: Absolutely. Okay. Mm.
0: that's how you look at it yes Pastor Vijay.
1: So again, we'll, because there's a flow here. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number six, actually. It says, can we know what happens after death? I know the soul leaves the body, but do they go to heaven? Will the souls know their family on earth? Will he know his parents who are also no more? I mean, will a soul know another soul? My friend recently lost her dad because of COVID. Let's go to scripture. Okay. Uh, I think it is uh, Lazarus is in... 16, Luke 16. Luke 16, yeah.
0: Can we go to Luke 16? I think it's around 20, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18 onwards, okay? Because it's a serious, not verse, a serious, serious issue because uh, because somebody, a lot of people have lost their loved ones and I hope they are listening. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, fed sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Mm -hmm. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that may dip the tip of his finger in water. Cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Mm. But Abraham said, Son, you remember. Now let's look at that, go back. There are three people here. A rich man, a man called Lazarus, and Abraham. and Abraham. Three people. And if you look at it, Abraham and the rich man and Lazarus are divided by time. time. <clears throat> exactly. Lazarus or the rich man could have never known Abraham. But you see, in eternity, you recognize each other. All the whales are taken off. You recognize each other. Hmm. Okay, recognize each other. Now, this is pre-resurrection event. Pre-resurrection event. So they are saying there is a huge gulf between the two. It's a massive gulf. You you do not uh, measure in time, in in terms of space Space and time, time. It's a different thing. Eternity is a different thing. That realm is completely different. But you see something over here that The rich man is able to see Lazarus. The strange things over here. The rich man is able to see Lazarus and Abraham is able to talk to the rich man. Okay. Now, how is it? Seems to be different. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 4, when Jesus rose from the dead, He took captivity captive and ascended it as a tree basically this is the fundamental understanding before jesus overcame death the devil had the power of death so when people died whether it was the righteous or the sinners they both went to kind of a same place with a gulf in between one was called hell the other was called paradise Mm. Yes. Other was called paradise. But there's a gulf between the two. The devil couldn't touch the righteous, but they were still in his control, meaning they couldn't go to heaven because death had not been overcome. Okay? Death is a spirit and also a realm. You'll see death is also thrown into the lake of fire in Revelation 20. So, So they say when Jesus overcame death, one of the things he did is that he took the righteous soul to heaven. That is one of the understandings. But these are secret things. But looks, makes a lot of sense. Okay, looks. When Jesus was dying, and the thief, when he said, Lord, when you come to your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said, verily, verily, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Okay? So, okay. Jesus took him to paradise. <coughs> came to paradise. And Jesus also went there. Jesus also went there. Jesus did not go to heaven. We know very clearly when he died, he did not go to, let us say he died. The First, he didn't go to heaven. Second day, he did not go away. Third day, evening, only he went to heaven. Mm. And It's not like our day. It is the evening and the morning is the first day. Evening and the morning is the second day. The evening and the morning is the third day. So it is kind of the beginning of the fourth day Jesus goes to. Oh, sorry, the beginning of the... Third day. Yeah, end of the third day. End of the third day. Yeah, end of the third, third day. day is when Jesus goes to heaven. That's what he tells Mary Magdalene, touch me not. I have not ascended to the Father. And it is the beginning of the fourth day that Jesus comes to the disciples. So we understand that concept very, very clearly. Then Paul says, if this is not true, that Paul says, uh, I'm caught between two desires, to go and to be with you, okay? And the thing is that if I go, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Now think for a minute, okay? If a new covenant believer, yeah. when he dies, if his soul is not going to to God and he has to really wait for a long time, then there is no desire to go, to go. Mm-hmm. You need to understand why the Old Testament saints were not fascinated by death. The New Covenant saints were fascinated Mm -hmm. by death because of where you are going. Okay? we are going. But here in this case, you will see absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. To be present with the Lord. We don't understand it. Like I said, we do not understand. Paul says in Thessalonians, in the tingling of an eye in Corinthians, and then Thessalonians, he says that it is not that... uh, Though we who are alive will precede those. He says we will all enter at the same Sometimes, time. Yes. So there are a lot of things which we do not understand about eternity. Because a thousand years is like a day. But when eternity begins, suddenly it is like everybody was there with God together. And probably we'll feel we were with God forever.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Because we were saved even before the foundation of the world was laid. So suddenly eternity is something which we cannot even fathom. It's beyond our senses, understanding. So I think maybe these are the things which he saw and heard, which he was told him. Don't tell it to them. Nobody will understand this. Paul was told. These are things which you will never understand because there's no time there. Eternity is not timeless. There is no time at all. Mm. no time at all. So the simple question ever here, if you go to DC, look at Philippians 1, I am heart pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in flesh is more needful for, for you. you. On the other hand, if he dies and is not with Christ, then what is the point in going so early? Yes. If I have to wait till rapture takes place and then we are all going to rise from the dead and go to with him together, which is the physical receiving of your body, the perfection. You have your body, you have your soul and your spirit. Right now you don't have a body. You only have a disseminated you are a, you are a soul alone. You don't have a body. Okay, so that's what see in the book of Revelation. You see the souls under the altar. You don't, you don't see bodies there. Only souls under. Okay, under. So what does a soul look like? I guess it will look like a vapor or something. Okay? It looks like a vapor or something. Because can you see your soul? (laughs) You cannot see your soul. Okay, so you, it's something like that. Under this thing and crying out, how long, Lord, how long? What are they waiting for? They're waiting for their bodies. Mm. Waiting for the body. And that's what God is saying. No. You will not get your body until the last person comes in. You'll get your body when rapture takes place. You and I will not be made perfect without them. That's how Hebrews 11 ends. Okay? So what is perfection there? The perfection is when each one gets his body according to your soul. Yes. As body starts differing in well, glory, so will the body. So all the sons of God is wait. all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. What does it mean? Can't they see the soul? Yeah, they can, can see the soul, but they cannot understand the glory of the body. They, nobody knows what is each. They all look, the souls all look the same. Mm. But it's only when the body comes, you'll suddenly realize, oh, this one's glory, this one's glory, this one's glory. is all different. Then they will know who are the overcomes, who are the mighty ones for eternity. So they can all see the soul's Probably over Mm. there, but because they cannot see the glorified bodies, Mm. they do not know where each one stands. Mm. And that is what they are excited about, the whole creation waiting to see who are the rulers that are to come. We have a child, we get excited, but Mm. when Prince William had his first son, the whole press corps was outside because that child is the fourth in the line as the next heir to the throne. There is excitement over. Why is it excitement? Second child, third child, fourth child, there was not much excitement. The first child, there was a lot of excitement. Why? Queen Elizabeth, Charles, William, and it's the next one. I forgot that boy's name. He's the fourth in life. Okay, fourth in life. Meaning, let us say an unfortunate accident takes with the Queen, Prince Charles, and King William. All three die in a plane car. This boy will be enthroned. And he will have a regent who will, be, he will be enthroned. He is the next king. So all of creation, Is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Souls are there, but they do not know. So we haven't got our body, haven't got their bodies. That is what the Bible is talking about. But if he is not going to be with Christ Jesus, then that desire is foolishness. Okay? Foolishness. So now to be absent in the body, if you are a child of God, is to be present with the Lord. That is also, I think it's 3-8, Corinthians 3-8. I'm not very sure. I think it's 2nd Corinthians 3-8. Um, I'm not sure. 3, I could be absolutely wrong. My references are like,
1: usually never right. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it is... 2nd not. Corinthians 5-8. Okay,
0: it's, it's, it's a 8. Second I was, that's what I said. My math is only half right. <laughs> Is that? Mm. We are confident and well-pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Mm. So this is what you need to understand. You need to understand. Okay? Now we go back to the question. I know the soul, but do they go on to heaven? Will the souls know their family on earth? This is my take on it. This is my take on it. They will know their families on earth. Definitely, if they knew their families on or earth, or while they were in the body, they will know in heaven also. But can they see or not, Is left to God. God is the only one who is omniscient. Even the devil is not. That's why the devil needs a huge army of demons to go check out on people. God doesn't need anybody. He can see everyone at the same time, everywhere, all of eternity. But the devil cannot. So if you say, that, uh, let us think about a soul in heaven. Let us say, uh, let us think about, I died and I'm in heaven. I died first, let us say, I'm in heaven. And I see my wife, I see my son, and I meet other um, four children. And uh, some are in New York, one is in New Jersey. And I am God. Can I feel like that? I see like that? Am I suddenly become omniscient?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Okay? But can God show me that is the sovereignty of God? Mm. So if you say, can you see your family? Uh, it, it, it depends upon the sovereignty of God. It depends upon the sovereignty of God. This is why the fundamental fallacy of Marian theology. Marian theology is Mary theology. That when people pray to Mary. You're making Mary God. Mm. Can God, let us say, a million Catholics are praying and they're praying to Mary. How does Mary hear? Is she God? Because only God can hear. And how does how does it happen? How does the Trinity works? All of our prayers are taken by the Holy Spirit because we pray, pray through that. The Holy Spirit takes it to... Because... The spirit, like, like you, you, we look about it, what is common about all of us here, it is the air. Mm. So nothing else, it is the air. It is the air that is filling this whole place and all of us, it is the same air. In the same way, it is the Holy Spirit. And it makes, doesn't make sense that you pray to Mary and the Holy Spirit takes the prayer to Mary, then Mary takes it to Jesus, Jesus takes it to the Father. It doesn't work like that. Then Mary has become the fourth person of the Trinity. Mm. So it's not a Trinity now. I don't know what you call for fourth? Quartet. Quartet it has become. <laughs> you know how people are deceived? Is she a wonderful woman? Is she blessed All that. But she is not God. She is not God. So this is where we have to, because the question says, can they see the family on earth? They see, no. Can they see? We don't know. Mm. It's the sovereignty of God may show, God may not show. Okay. Will he know his parents who are also no more? I mean, will a soul know another soul? Yes. If they're all saved, they definitely Abraham will. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. See. Abraham saw Lazarus, Lazarus saw Abraham. Mm-hmm. They all recognized each other. They will. They will know each other. Okay. I don't think in eternity, like if, 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 like if I were to die, I don't think I will go to heaven where I don't see my father. <laughs> no? I guess one of the first people I will see is my father. Right? Because he's there. And I believe, I know he's saved. I know he got saved. Okay. I will see him. Okay, because that's where you go. That's where you you will see them. You will recognize them. Because in 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 heaven. But it doesn't mean you go around looking for Adam and Eve and all. Because first you go to us. But on the other hand, if you run into Adam, you will recognize him. You definitely know him. You know this is Adam. Nobody has to tell you. You will know Adam. But honestly, the first people you will look for are the ones you. You know Mm. on earth and the ones you know know on earth. So that is there. Definitely one soul will know another soul. And when the soul leaves the body, they go to heaven. Can we have that on Revelation so that we see that, him seeing it? Okay. Mm. That is uh, chapter 6 of Revelation and verse 9 and 10 and 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? And God said, Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them they should rest a little while longer (laughs) until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren would be killed as they were was completed. Mm. So if you look at there, there are souls over there. It's very strange. They don't have a body, but they're given a robe. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Don't try to understand eternity because it's little... The most greatest scientific mind also will get confused mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, okay, but they're asked to wait true. a little more. So how long is this waiting? Whom did he see? Mm. 2,000 years. Ago. 2,000 years are ago. A little while. How many? 2,000 years are already gone by. But time doesn't matter in eternity. It's irrelevant in eternity. Mm. But there are souls in heaven. Amen. There are souls in heaven. Okay? And I personally, I mean, I could be completely wrong. We are making speculations about things we can only think about. I personally believe, unlike angels, unlike angels, because we were created in this physical form, with the soul and the spirit inside this body, and when we die, we cannot really, really participate in anything until we get our bodies back. You're constrained by that fact. It's a new glorified body, we are getting it. But in heaven, we are limited until we get our bodies. The angels, on the other hand, you will say they're taking uh, human shape. Mm-hmm. Human shape. But there are different type of creation mm-hmm. yes, altogether. Yes, yes. We are not that creation. We are not that creation. We are not that creation. Because we need our bodies before we can do anything. And I believe that's what the souls are all waiting for. Souls are all, how long? What are they saying? You look at verse uh, 9. Yeah, They opened and they cried. They cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? The whole question is, what difference does it make it you? What different does it make it? How long? What different does it make it? You're sitting in heaven. What are you I mean, honestly think about it. Logically think about it. You're you're in heaven. You're with God. Why are you bothered by the judgment of the wicked? Because they're not able to do anything. Because they're not able able to do do anything. anything. (laughs) Until judgment is said, you don't get your bodies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You don't get your bodies. And if you don't get your bodies, what are you going to do? Mm. What are you going to do? Okay, Like you can see, the, if you look at any one of us sitting over here, it doesn't matter the most wonderful idea you have. You have to use some faculty of your body to make it function. Yep. Even if somebody else tried to do it, either you have to open your mouth and speak it out, so he will take it and do it, or you have to write it out, somebody will read it and do it. All our ideas are worth nothing if you don't have a body. Mm-hmm. So in eternity, there are souls waiting for their bodies their bodies and then with that bodies they will start serving god but it is not a body like this it's a body where all these physical restrictions of today has been taken off you are not tired no tiredness time does not limit you space does not limit you jesus saw you saw all that that's the kind of body we are going to get and i believe that body is personally i believe that body is superior to the body of the angels mm. Is superior to the body of the angels. Okay, that's what eternity. So if you can see, yes, you can see. If God allows, what you see, who you see, it's all in God's sovereignty.
1: Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, I think uh, question number three uh, we will look at. What is that? question number three? First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. That is for the good of all. To some people, the Spirit gives a message of wisdom. To others, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. What is the key difference between the gift of wisdom and the and the word of knowledge? Please explain.
0: Okay. Uh, again, trusting God, my answer is right. This is my understanding. You're caught in a situation. Like Solomon was caught in a situation. There are two women. Both, I think, harlots, prostitutes, both had babies, and one turned in her sleep, and her baby died. But in the night, the woman exchanged, switched. switched. <laughs> so the case is before Solomon. Okay, cases before Solomon. Both women are claiming this child is mine. Now he needs wisdom. He needs wisdom. How to handle the situation? So if you look at it, he has a gift of wisdom. And he makes a very, very wise choice. And then suddenly the real mother said, no, let her have it. He says, take it, that's hers. That is wisdom. The gift of knowledge is different. The gift of knowledge is that if Solomon had the gift of knowledge, he will say, that's your sir. Your and this thing. Because supernaturally he's told whose child it is. Mm. That is the difference between the gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom. Mm. This is not prophecy. Mm. This is the gift of knowledge. The gift, I will tell you, that's what my wife has. It scares a lot of people. Like this, she gets it. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit gives as he wants. And it's a very powerful gift. gift of knowledge is very powerful. Very, very powerful. It's a gift. It does not qualify you to be anything or anything. See, wherever the word gift is used, it does not make you anything superior. So please don't misunderstand. Okay? Uh, Gifts are given, but you did not earn it. Mm. God has given you, that's this thing. If you go to the, this thing, uh, if you go to the first part of that question, yeah. three, they're given for the good of for all. Of what is the gift is given? For service. Mm. Okay, It's not to make you superior. It should actually make you humble. But you very rarely do people who are gifted become humble. <laughs> you have to be very careful. That's what I was talking about. The There's a whole difference between gifts and anointing. Mm. It's a completely different ball game altogether, and people think it is the same. It is not the same. So there is a gift of wisdom, and there is a gift of knowledge. We need both. Often we need the gift of wisdom, how to take decisions. There is a wisdom of God, and there is a gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom is, the the wisdom of God is general. It is generally, you know, on a day-to-day basis, how to apply wisdom and make decisions, how to learn. The gift of wisdom is specific cases. It's a gift that operates supernaturally in specific cases. This is exactly what needs to be done. And everybody listens to it and says, all are wise, all are God. They listen to it, they know that's from God. Mm. That's from
1: God.
0: That's not a decision to be made. A decision. And the gift of wisdom may be connected with the gift of revelation. Yep. Mm. Revelation and the wisdom may go together. That's what is happening in the book of Acts when Paul and Barnabas and all go in the Jerusalem council to do about what to do with the Gentiles who have come to the Lord. James, there is wisdom and there is revelation. Mm. The revelation is that he connects two things and the wisdom Abraham. is that this is what needs to be done and everybody agrees. Mm. They know this, this is, is from God. From God. Mm. There's wisdom and revelation and that becomes scripture. Amen. Word of knowledge is different. The word of knowledge is different. The word of knowledge is when you have a very clear, this thing about, it is not wisdom, it is not wisdom, it's not wisdom at all, it's a knowledge about something, it's a knowledge about something, okay, exactly. I mean, I don't want to explain to you in (laughs) detail ways how it really, really happens, but when it really happens, it will blow your mind off, it will really, really blow your mind off, and it is absolutely supernatural. There's no human element in it other than the human being, a channel. It is just God. Peter, are you very tired, Peter? You're falling asleep, literally? <laughs> You're so sleepy over there, he's <laughs> literally falling asleep. Okay. okay, and there's one more. To others, the same spirit gives faith. Okay, go further.
1: There's That's a uh, question connected yes. with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, 1 Corinthians 12.9 says, mm-hmm. The other same spirit gives faith. Hmm. Why is faith a gift to some when all believers are called to exercise faith despite the measure of faith given us given us different? these are two different things.
0: Hmm. Every believer is given a measure of faith, otherwise you cannot be saved. We are saved by grace through faith, meaning we all have faith. that is the same. We can increase that faith. we can keep on adding to that faith. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit so sometimes specific times it's not a specific time. it's given for specific purpose. Specific purpose. Okay, it is given like somebody. Let's let's say Roshan is called to do an unbelievable job, and it's impossible to do it with the me- measure of faith he has. You have to have a gift of faith to do it, and that's why we have to be very careful. You look at some people and says, "I want to be like that." God says, "You cannot be like mm-hmm. that," <laughs> because that's a gift of faith operating. I know. Oh, oh, everybody should have it. No, you don't have. It. Everybody doesn't have it. Sometimes we don't distinguish. These are two different things. One is a gift. The other is, everybody ha- is given that gift. But everybody is not given the gift of knowledge. Everybody is not given the gift of wisdom. Everybody is not given the gift of faith by the Holy Spirit. These are gifts of the Spirit. Okay. The other one which is talking about, which is God the Father giving everybody a measure of faith. Everybody is given. And all has the same faith. Our faith is not different. But the gift of faith is different. It is completely different. It is not the same. But you can ask for it. You can ask for it. Because sometimes when everything else fails, you can ask, Lord, I, I, I reached the end of my this Lord, can you give me the gift of faith? And when that gift of faith will come, you will realize that what you could not circumvent, suddenly you are able to circumvent. You are able to do that. You know? So we need to understand there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are gifts. But this is not the gift that saved you. Mm, yeah. It is not the gift that mm. saved you. That is a different. that is common. It's a common faith which is given to all believers. This is over and above it. It is given to a particular believer for a particular purpose. For a particular purpose. Though that believer who's got this gift is living like the others by faith, mm. accessing grace, but is this faith which is received as a gift is operating to do the specific task he's been called to. And all around they look at him and say, I can't do that. And God says, precisely, you can't do that. Because you don't have it. And you are not given it. You are not called for that. So these are different, different gifts given in the Bible. Different, different gifts given in the Bible. That's why certain people you will see in the kingdom of do, do extraordinary things. And one of the reasons is they have a gift of faith. Which is given to them, but we can desire, but the Holy Spirit is the Lord. Mm. He gives as he chooses according to your purpose, according to your purpose. So this faith and the faith which we are talking about in Ephesians two eight, or Ephesians uh, Romans 12.3 or Romans 10.17 are not the, the same. same. Romans um, 10.17 says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is not, not this. Faith. This is the gift of faith given by the Holy Spirit, whether you heard or not. <laughs> it's not got to do with hearing. It is given you a super, supernatural intervention. Supernatural supernatural you're given a gift of faith. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you realize you are able to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is different. This is not the same. So you have to recognize your gifts. You are not... Yeah. That is why we have to be very, very careful. We... Recognize our gifts and we don't push people. Hmm. Oh, you all have to be like me. But you may have a gift with the others do not have at all. And they cannot be like you. So what is common to all of us is where we all grow in faith. We grow in grace. We grow in the knowledge of God. But different gifts are given to everybody. And in this common pool each of <coughs> use their gift for, for the, the benefit, benefit of all. all. Amen. That is that is how it is. Yes, and again in that, there is the gift of tongues. That is where they are getting confusing. Again, in like faith, there is a common tongues, everybody receives when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. Mm. And then there is a the gift of tongues oh. which is different from that. Mm. So they will take this as, does everybody speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit tongues, no. That's a gift of tongues, that's different. That is different. And I believe, in most cases, the gift of tongues which the Holy Spirit gives is a human tongue. It's a gift. It is not for edification of self. It is for not speaking for mysteries. It is for ministry. Mm. Everything is for ministry. If you have a gift of tongues for the benefit of all, it has to be a tongue which others understand. understand.
1: yes. Mm.
0: Others understand. Meaning, let us say, Sami is sent to Tibet by God. Go. God makes a way. He goes over there. He can only speak English and Yoruba right? Yoruba. But he goes over there. Nobody understands English. Nobody understands Yoruba. When he opens his mouth, he speaks fluent Chinese and Tibetan. It's a gift of tongues. And I know men like that I have met in my life. Mm. They speak languages which they never spoke before. Never spoke before. They just open their mouth and they spoke. Almost every time when they spoke, they did not understand a word they were saying, but the people who were listening <laughs> fell on their faces and repented because they were
1: speaking to them directly. That is the reason the scripture See, says that that is, tongue is for unbelievers. This,
0: Yeah. Ah, this, uh, this, uh, you need to understand, this is where the secessionist movements have actually um, hogged up, what do you, you call that? Hamstrung the Holy Spirit, if I can use that word. okay? Because we have taken all the gifts off. So instead, what do they do? They put them in Bible college and they do cultural studies, how to assimilate with this culture and how to learn this language, how to understand. Apostles were sent with no cultural studies. Go in the power of the world. How do you think Thomas came to India after learning Malayalam? How do you think he ministered? How do you think these apostles went to the ends of this world and they ministered? How do you think? Because this is totally unknown tongues. They just went in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? Evangelism is such an expensive affair, it's because it's taken the Holy Spirit out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs>
0: when you when the Holy Spirit sits people, it's a very cheap affair. How did Jesus send them? No purse, no bag. No sand go. In the power of the Holy Spirit. When we take the Holy Spirit out, what happens is then we are falling on human resources. I'm not saying the human resources, but if you look, look at the net result they bring, yes. and what they did, the apostles, the Bible says they have turned the whole world upside down. Okay? Paul says in three years, all of Asia has heard the gospel. In three years, we are not able to reach our own gully. Our own little yard, wad, in our panchayat, we are not able to. You know why? Because we don't rely on the Holy Spirit. And we have taken the gifts of the Holy Spirit away. We have literally, like I said, it's a wrong usage, but we are hamstrung the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, "Okay, you want to do it that way, go. Like Paul says, as long as people, whether they preach in envy or not, if the people get saved, <laughs> or does it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit says, "Go to your cultural studies. Go take ten years to learn a language. Go preach. One person gets saved at the end. I am happy. <laughs> I'm happy." On the other hand, if you look at what happens when you surrender to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the success rate they bring it. it's unbelievable. So all these gifts are there. and Every one of these gifts is for this purpose, for the benefit of all. And two things you need to realize. One, it is a gift. I did not earn it. It was freely given. So it doesn't change who I am yeah. or does not cause me to look down on somebody yes. else. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. Second, it is given for a purpose. Yes. It is used to serve God and to man. That's why it is called a gift.
1: Yes, Master Vijay. Pastor, there's one tough question which you sent, which I'm going to read right now. It's not there. okay? Um, Let's look at question number number one. one, Okay, Mm -hmm. we'll look at question number one, and then we'll look at... That has been hanging around for a long time. How come the Jews killed Jesus? A holy man, a righteous man. Why would he be killed?
0: Let's go to Matthew 23 and verse 35. Matthew 23. Verse 35. That on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zachariah, the son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. So, if you go back to the question well, how, come the how come the Jews killed? This is what, what religion does. It did not start yesterday or today. Jesus' death, of course, is different and completely different in terms of what it achieves. But in nature, it is similar to the death of Abel. It's the unrighteous killing the righteous, because the unrighteous, righteous works were not accepted by God. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, because their works. You see, a righteous man by faith, a righteous man, his righteousness is not by his works. He's only leaning on the righteousness of God. Okay, That is Abel by faith. And it shows Cain in bad light. So he kills Abel. And it's continued from there all way. That's what he's saying. From that time onwards, you've been killing the prophets. What are the prophets coming and telling you? Prophets coming and telling you basically that your works mean either it is evil or it is of no avail. And they don't like it. If you tell a wicked man his works are wicked, he gets angry. If you tell a righteous man your righteous works is taking you nowhere, he gets angry. He gets angry. Why did they kill Jesus? Who killed the Jesus? Technically, if you look at it, there are many hands involved. One, of course, God's purpose. But other than it was the Pharisees who killed Jesus. It's uh, the ones who were under the law. Because what did he come and tell them? He came and told them, all your works is nothing. It means nothing. And it is, it is uh, there are two ways you can react to it. Two ways. The right way is that when you hear it fall on your face and ask for mercy. The other way to react he get so angry and kill the messenger. Hmm. Kill the messenger. And that's what they always did. They killed the prophets and they killed the messenger. Kill the messenger. And we all struggled, and that's where we struggle with a lot of people. We struggle, you know what? They don't want, they do not want to hear. They don't want to hear. They don't want to hear. That spirit of Cain continues. The spirit of Cain continues. You know what? You don't want to hear that your work, ultimately basically they are, what it is, what is religion? Simple form. What is religion? Religion is a tower of Babel. Man trying to reach heaven. Mm. What is faith? God reaching out to man and says, come to me my way. Religion says no, my way. And
1: all
0: religion is based on man's good works. Any religion is based on good works. And Jesus comes and says, your good works mean nothing. He does not say you're unrighteous. He says Your righteousness. It's like filthy rags. Filthy rags. No, it's like Job we saw in this morning. It's like Job. And Job said, I'm a good man. He's justifying, justifying, justifying. Until he saw who God is. Meaning, he's probably and definitely is the best man walking on planet Earth. Hmm. But in the light of God's righteousness, holiness, he's a back. Let's use that word. That's hmm. basically he's exactly. saying, I abhor myself. myself. Yeah,
1: yeah. Poor myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is the Pharisee's prayer. I do this, I do this, I do this. I am not like him. Mm-hmm. See, a religious man can only compare himself with others. A religious man cannot compare himself with God because in no religion is there any revelation of what God's true nature is. Because no man has seen God except Jesus who came from God. Okay. So Jesus comes and says, You know what? Don't even try it, it's not possible. By faith, that's Romans one seventeen. There is the Romans one seventeen and Romans three twenty one. A righteousness that is of God. Oh, this is a righteousness. For in it, in this gospel, why is it God good? Why is it called good news? Because the good news is that in this gospel, the righteousness of God, not the righteousness of works, is revealed by faith. Is it really? Honestly. I mean, all I have to do is believe. Yeah, repent and believe. Repent from what? Don't put trust in your works. Stop it.
1: Mm.
0: Stop it. Stop trusting in both. When you come to Jesus, you have to stop that the evil you have done will take you to hell. And you have to stop trusting the good you did will take you to heaven. Stop. That is Hebrews 6.1. Works that leads to death. Mm. Dead works. You have to re- repent from both. Mm-hmm. Oh, my wickedness will take me to hell. Stop it. Oh, my good deeds will take you to heaven. Stop, Stop it, it. Both. Hmm. The
1: only way you will reach to
0: heaven is to believe only in what Christ did for you. Hmm. Christ did. He died for my sake. His life, his death, his resurrection is what my father accepts. Therefore, there is the righteousness of God. Okay, and if you come to Revelation now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets mm-hmm. even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ all and all who believe for there is no difference and that is the problem yeah. for the righteous man there is no difference they got so upset and Jesus said the sinners are getting into heaven the harlots are getting into public and you are outside and they got so wild And I've faced that all my life because, you know, I come from a Catholic background. So when you talk to people in your family, they get so offended. They get so offended. You know why? Because they're not bad people. They're good people with lots of bad deeds. Primarily, they're good people. They have lived in this good Christian culture and they have done a lot of good. And when you tell them, it does not work. Why do you think Nicodemus went out in the night quietly? Because he was a bad man. No. He was a good man. That's why it is contrasted over there, John chapter 3 and John mm. chapter 4. Because God always used these illustrations, right? Here is John chapter 3, a good man. And when he told you need to be born again, the Son of Man did not come to condemn but to save. All that, you know, he just went away in the night. It's too much for him to receive. Because for a righteous man to know that all my good works are worth nothing, and God says nothing. It's good for the people, it's good for you, it's not good for you, good enough for heaven. He just walks away. On the other hand, the Samaritan woman is thrilled. You mean all my wickedness will not take me to hell? No, if you believe in me. If you drink the water I give you, it will be a spring of living water. You know she just leaves the pot, and you know what? This news is too good. Too good. Hmm. Okay, it says she ran to the men of the city. I'm sure she, she ran to the first five husbands. <laughs> <laughs> she ran to them. You know what? There's a man, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. You know what? That's the difference. That is the difference. And when you hear this, whenever this has come, right from the beginning, the Bible says, "By faith, faith in what? In the blood. In the blood. He's putting faith in the blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you go to Genesis chapter uh, four and words one onwards, when you look over there, okay. Now Adam knew Eve, and this thing. Okay. Come down further. Tiller, okay. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Also, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of their fat. Look at very clear. He brought an offering of the fruit. In general, he brought an offering of the fruit. It's not even first fruits. This brought, brought an offering. Abel is very clear. Firstborn of his flock and then their fat. Meaning he killed it. It was a firstborn. It was brought. The blood and the fat is brought. Now you go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews
1: chapter 11. four words. Yeah, four. Okay. Three. three, uh, Four. four, four. Okay.
0: By faith, it says it is by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Meaning? How do you become righteous? The only way you become righteous it is by faith. Yeah. Is the righteousness of God. God accepted it. Why? Because it's the firstborn and it is blood. Who's God's firstborn? Jesus. Whose blood does it represent? Mm-hmm. The blood of Jesus. Isn't that what the fast- Passover is all about? You're not putting trust in anything. You're just putting in trust in the work of Jesus Christ. So by faith. By faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you go to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. Because I say, when we teach, we always say, before Genesis chapter 4, there is only Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> there is no 5 and 6. There is only 3, 2 and 1. There are only 3 chapters, right? And scripture says, in verse
1: 21,
0: yeah. Also for Adam and Eve, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed okay. them. So the simple question is asked, it's called, not called tunics. It's called tunics of skin. Mm-hmm. So there is no death in the garden. So where did the skin come from? Simple answer. Only logical answer is Jesus who comes over there offers the first atonement for the man and the woman. Offers to the father the blood sacrifice. Then covers them with the skin and sends them out. So there is a precedence in chapter 3. And Adam, we don't know whether he did it. Maybe he did it. And the sons saw it. or The father told them. By faith. Faith comes from? Hearing. Whom did they will hear from? From Adam. Adam. Cain refused. There is a way which is God's way. Cain said, no, I will do it my way. God did not have. Okay, now one more scripture I will give you. That is, of course, much later, but the principle is over there. Leviticus chapter 17. Verse 10 and 11. We need 10 also there whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you, he eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood, and I will cut him off from among his people. Verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. This is the most important scripture in the book of Leviticus. Why is blood offered? and uh, Dr. Richard is sitting over here, and he will agree medically, you only die when your heart stops beating. You can be comatose on a machine, your brain doesn't work, but they can keep you alive. But when the heart stops pumping blood, you are declared dead. Whichever part of your body, your blood stops flowing, that part of your body will ultimately die, because life is in the blood. So when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they died. They lost life, first spiritually, then physically. And on earth, there was only one thing that had life. That was blood. So God says, offer blood. And then he said, "Secondly, you will not eat blood. Hmm. It is there in the Old Testament. It is there in the New Testament. In the Apostolic Council in Jerusalem, when they were asked, what are the rules to be given to Jerusalem? One of the things is that, tell them not to eat strangled meat. You should not eat. You should not. I know a lot of Western Christians eat steak rare with blood. You should never do it if you have done it. Ask God for forgiveness and command those spirits to live because the life of that animal is in that blood. And that's why many people are like animals because they eat blood. You look at all these crazy people, they drink blood. Mm. They drink blood. The life of the creature is in that blood. Those spirits come through it. And God said in the Old and the New Testament, no blood. Mm. No blood. Get rid of the blood, wash the blood off, everything, and don't ever eat blood. And if you have done it, ask for forgiveness. In Christ there is mercy. Why? Because so the Bible says, by faith, Abel brought first the fussling, second he offered blood and fat, basically symbolizing the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Mm. And you know what happened? God accepted it. God accepted it. When you choose any other way other than that, and when you're confronted with your ways, they get mad. And therefore, the Cain's will kill Abel. So, Abel onwards, men are being killed, down to Jesus and down to all the others. Why are the Jews mad with Jesus? Why are the Jews mad with Paul? Because he's speaking there is a salvation, there's a righteousness that comes from God by faith and faith alone. No work of man is accepted. And you know what who fights? The righteous fight, not the sinners. The religious fight, not the sinners. The sinners will fall on their face and, Lord, thank you, Lord. I thought I was finished. I thank you, thank you, thank you. All the sinners rejoice. And Jesus comes and says, the physician is for the sick, not for the well. I have come to save the sinners and not the righteous. And you tell me one religion which will tell you that have come for the sinners. No. They come for the righteous. Hmm. All religion is for the righteous. It is not for the sinners. Christ is for the sinners and not for the righteous. And the most important thing about Job is that that's why God allowed him to fall like that. Imagine. You see, we talk about different, different sins people do, right? And God using his rod of discipline to restore them. Do you know what God had? The rod God had to use on an upright, blameless man who shunned evil but was full of self-righteousness. He had to kill all his sons bah. and daughters, destroy entire property, allow him to be hit from head to toe with diseases before he will give up Israel. Still, is fighting with his rights ra- for his right ra- self-righteousness.
1: Bah. The power of pride. Do you boy, know the my power boy. of self-righteousness. Right? Mm. What
0: God had to do to do. And we don't realize the righteous are more in the danger of going to hell hmm. than the sinner. The sinner. The righteous are. No?
1: So, I know it is scary. Ezekiel says, right? Hmm. If a righteous man, if I put a stumbling block and he trusts in his righteousness yes. and he falls, all his righteousness will be considered exactly. as nothing. Exactly. It's too much. It's too yeah, much. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's too much. Yep. one more. One more question? Oh, okay. How come Abraham was so afraid? He kept lying and lying. Is there the same demonic spirit in him? How does that enter like that?
0: Yeah, you see all the people under the old covenant and people under the new covenant also today also, like I said, we are like those Jews in who believed in Jesus in John chapter 8. We We think we are free when we are not free. There are entire. If God were to give a spiritual mapping of our brain, we would be shocked to see the black areas and the white areas and the gray areas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The black areas are controlled by them. Mm-hmm. And we have not allowed the truth to come over there and set us free. Amen. We mm-hmm. resist the truth. We mm-hmm. resist the truth in our minds. So you need to realize, uh, don't be too hard on Abraham. Remember one, he's a man before the law. Before the law. And second... He's a fearful man. He's a fearful man. He's a very fearful man. And it is, it is a spirit that operates. Okay? It's a, the spirit of fear. It's a spirit. But you need to realize, uh, there is no deliverance in the Old Testament like you have today. Hmm. You can cast that spirit off. And you have the spirit of God living in you and empowering you, and filling you. They don't have it in the Old Testament. okay? But in the, in the Old Testament, you will see Abraham is a fearful man. Therefore, he lies. He lies. See, God doesn't judge them with what they have not been given. Yes. According to the light
1: that yeah, they according have. To according to the light there they, have. they
0: it have. does not judge. So you have to be very, very careful. But you know, people get very upset about Rahab. That she lied to the people in the city, hid the spice over there. So isn't that all uh, lying and deception and all? I mean wait a second. (laughs) You're applying New Testament principle to a Jericho harlot. (laughs) Okay. The okay. so simple question is, if you were in her shoes, could you do half of what she did? Mm-hmm. He would run to the king and say, you know what, two Jewish spices give me my reward. <laughs> 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 Instead, she risked her life and her family's life and hid them and sent them another way. Okay, So, we have to be very careful about how much light do they have and how much strength do they have. Both you have to look: how much light, how much strength. And then we look at us: how much light do we have? And how much strength do have? So he was. God was very merciful with them. He doesn't judge them the way he judges. He doesn't judge Abraham, you know, with Abimelech, what he does. But you know what God tells Abimelech, he's my prophet. Doesn't he say that? Yeah, no, no. no. He lied. Genesis twenty. Yeah, Genesis (laughs) twenty. You know what he said? Genesis twenty, verse six and seven. Yeah, six. Yeah, or six, And God said to me in a dream, Yes, I know you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch her. So God is saying, don't feel too good about your righteousness. I tied your hands. Hallelujah. Oh, I didn't do any evil integrity. I don't know all that. But don't put too much. I know all you people. With the integrity of your hand, you still have taken other men's wives. Okay. So don't tell me all that. You know what? I restored you. I restrained your hand so that, you know why? Because I was not worried about you. I was worried about my girl. That's Mm. my girl. And the child in a womb is very important. So I restrained your hand. And if you did it here, we need to realize that he did it with Pharaoh too. Mm. Because you have to hear some crazies talk about how the Pharaoh had sex with Sarah and all they come up with their own crazy stuff. No, God restrained Abimelech's hand. He restrained Pharaoh's hand Mm too. Okay. Restrains Pharaoh's hand. He wouldn't allow Sarah to be touched. God's supernatural because what does God want from Sarah, her womb? Mm. Okay, so I will read this thing. But now look at it. Therefore, restore the man's wife. Or he said? Prophet. But two minutes already he was a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Fearful liar. But does God say anything about that? He says, oh, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. Who gave the lies? But he's a prophet. Okay? He's a prophet. So we need to be very, very careful about uh, dealing with Old Testament people because they walk in the light and in the power they have but to us who much more is given okay but that is okay there's still mercy okay please there is no condemnation this conviction and going back to the throne of grace receiving mercy and grace they don't have that they don't have that that's why under the law they were all under different kinds of laws Mm -hmm. Abraham also was under A kind of law, because he knew the law, the statutes, the covenants, God tells Isaac, and the law is codified for a whole nation given through Moses. But the Bible says the law doesn't help anybody. Doesn't help anybody. The law does not give you power over sin. The only thing the law does is show you what sin is. Show you what sin is. The law doesn't give you any power over sin. What gives you power over sin is grace. Hmm. That's what Jesus came with. He gave with full of grace and full of truth. Okay, that's the that's difference. So please do not judge Old Testament people the way we look in the New Testament. We look at them with reverence, with respect, seeing that they had so little light and so little power, and they were better than us. <laughs> better than us. Right, you think about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Elijah, Elisha. If they were born in the New Testament, they would have given us a run for our money. Yes. They put us to, in the Old Testament. They still put us to shame. Okay, put us to shame. When God has said the greatest among them is John the Baptist, and the least in the kingdom basically can be greater than them, they put us to shame. Put us to shame. So we need to hang our heads in shame and quietly go. Boldly, but quietly go to the throne room of grace, ask for some more mercy and grace. It Lord, if put it the Malu way, it's humbling. It's a humbling thing. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord constantly because he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. We're close, Pastor
1: Vijay. I think there's one more question. One more question you want to finish? Last question? Last, last question for the day. I think this is not there. It's, it's out of the syllabus. Okay, okay. Out of the out syllabus. Out syllabus. Okay. okay. <laughs> Why is it harder for some false prophets to repent and get back to the one true gospel? Mm. No names are given.
0: I can read
1: it, no problem. Benny the question: hin- We didn't write this name. <laughs> Benny Hinn's <laughs> nephew. <laughs> Benny, nephew. <laughs> Benny Hinn's nephew Hinn repented from the prosperity gospel and learned the true gospel to make a public confession, and displayed fruits of repentance. Whereas the repentance of others such as Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, Todd White, etc., are not genuine, and as a dog returns to its vomit. Okay. Is the publicity, fame, name, and money from their ministry harder to let go of, despite the conviction and, hard- and hardening of hearts?
0: Yeah, I think
1: with them, um, and I'm not judging them,
0: it's not my job to judge them, but we judge doctrine. We have to judge doctrine. So whenever we use names, we are not condemning them. We are just looking at the doctrine, looking in the light of God's word. Does it agree with the word of God? See, all these people could ultimately repent and end up as overcomers. So it's not our business to judge them. Yeah. God will see how they finish. But the issue over here is that with many of them, uh it's the same problem it's all had. Saul had the same problem. He was tall, handsome, if you look at if you look at today's day, tall was a Saul was a charismatic personality mm. with gifts. Okay? But what he did not have doctrine mm. and conviction. Therefore, even when he's accosted by Samuel, he says, I have sinned against the Lord, but please honor me before people. Wow. Mm. So you will see many of them will come and say, yes, uh, we went wrong with the prosperity gospel, uh, but you listen to them, and after that you listen to them, you will see their conviction is not very deep because they still want the honor of people. So they will stretch words here and there and all. But David is not like that. David is not like that. He will say, I was wrong. You're absolutely right. So that is the basic issue. The basic issue is that, and um, we 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 we're not judging them, but you see a lot of greats, really greats, in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, struggled with it. You look look at the New Testament greats. Two greats in the Old New Testament, Book of Galatians, struggled with it.
1: Bobby I mean they are I mean they are
0: greats. Mm-hmm. Okay, chapter two and verse eleven onwards, eleven to 13, 14. Now when Peter had come to Antioch. I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Because, you know, there are a lot of Catholics. but I was an ex-Catholic. a lot of Catholics whom I meet. They're nice people. But they don't know the scripture. They don't know doctrine, nothing. So for them, Peter is the greatest man on earth after Jesus Christ. So for, for me, I was such a false Catholic when I was studying in this Protestant school. Because, you know, out of zeal, I topped every month in the Bible class. Did, I didn't know God. I didn't read my Bible. I read the text which they gave me and always stopped. And one day I still remember the Bible teacher asked a class asking, who is your favorite character? I had no characters in the Bible. I said Peter. Why? Because I am the only Catholic in the church. And for us Peter is so hard pope. I said Peter is my favorite character. I had no idea what all Peter did. Peter is my favorite character. Why? It is a religious zeal. The religious thing, okay. So, but when you show exactly what Peter also had, <laughs> <laughs> this was not this was not zeal for him. It is what we call one of the one of the most destabilizing things in a believer is becoming people pleaser. Mm. Destabilizing things. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Now, this is scripture. For before certain men came from James, where who is James? The head of the church in Jerusalem, so the Jewish believers. Certain men came from Jerusalem who are Jewish believers. He would eat with the Gentiles, the Gentile believers. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So there were two groups in the church, those of the circumcision and those who were the uncircumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with them so that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. Mm. you see how many fell how many fell to this why do they want to look? the Jews the rest of the Jews Peter Barnabas, Barnabas and there is this Pharisee among Pharisees who is delivered called Paul mm-hmm. if anybody should have separated it is this guy <laughs> at the end of the day all these other were fishermen. But this guy is a Pharisee among Pharisees. He is pleased for that. I am delivered completely. I will not go. And you know what? He suddenly, look, you're having a fellowship meal. The Jewish believers are sitting here. Gentile believers are sitting here. And Peter, Paul is sitting with them. And he stood, stood, up, stood up in public and said, you are in the wrong. You're absolutely in the wrong. Why are they doing it? Because they are people pleasers. Amen. The approval of people. They want honor. So looking at, no, we we want to be considered well among the Jewish believers. We don't want these people going back and say, you know what? Peter and Barnabas eats with the Gentile believers. They don't want that. You want to look good before them. Mm. This is a major issue. You know what? But that is, that is, you look at Paul. He is very powerful over there. In the book of Galatians, he comes hammer and tongs against the hypocrisy of uh, the legalists. You come over there in Galatians chapter 1. Hmm? If I'm a people-pleaser, I should yeah. not be the servant of yeah. the us uh, We'll just read words 9 and 10, Galatians 1, 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. As we have said before, so now I say, again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Now look at what he says. Now do I now persuade men or God? Mm-hmm. Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would it's not be a bond servant of Christ. He was absolutely clear in his conviction. He said, if I have to choose between God and man, every day I will sure. choose God. And if let men hate me for that, mm-hmm. I will please God. I will not do anything to please man at the cost of God's displeasure. And this is what is happening to many of them who their repentance is very watered down. You know why? Because they don't want to lose the approval, approval of, of men. men. Approval of men. Approval of men. Yeah. And God has to break you through that. Cut through that. When you come out, the fact of the matter is, you may lose a lot of approval of men. You may lose a lot of people who are part of your ministry. Your ministry may suffer, may not even survive, but you know what? God will approve of you. The conscious kingdom may be drastic on earth, but be incredible in heaven. You need to understand, this is a, this is the issue. The consequences, I'm not saying the consequences you and Lord to pay a price on earth. You may pay, pay a price on earth. I'm not saying if these people came out and said, we apologize completely, all that we preached, the gospel part was true, but everything else was false. Please forgive me. Most of the beneficiaries, people who send them offerings, most of them will fall, will stop. And the ministry will collapse. Ministry will collapse. And they will have to start all over again. They may just have a small little ministry. But you know what? You will have this peace of mind. I'm right with God. Mm. And I'm right with men. Yes. Amen. Right with God. At least I'm not sinning against God or against man. You know what? I am not guilty of any man's blood. And they don't have the strength for that. They don't have the strength for that. Mm. So I'm not judging them. I'm judging their doctrine. We are called to judge doctrine. Call not to judge any man. Because we don't know them. We don't know their lives. It's none of our business. Let him be accountable to God for their life. But they are accountable to man for doctrine. The doctrine is true or not. And if it doesn't agree with the gospel, the whole gospel, there may be parts that agree. There may be large parts that do not agree. We have to confront the parts which do not agree. Like we said, if the gospel is true in America, it should be true in China too. Yeah. If it's not true in China, and if it is true only in America, then it is not the gospel. The gospel is true to the ends of the earth, equally applicable everywhere. Stop there, Pastor Vijay.
1: Amen. Yes, Pastor Vijay, would you close in prayer? Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Father, for this time that you have blessed us with. Thank you for all the questions and the answers, Lord, that we have heard. And thank you, Father, for speaking to all of us. Even though the questions were asked by specific individuals, O Lord, we believe and trust, O Lord, everyone, Father, uh, received an answer that you wanted them to hear. And therefore, this evening, O Lord, we just want to thank you. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, Lord, the words that we hear, your words will continue to bear fruit in our lives, even a hundredfold. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that in the coming days, O Lord, that we will be even more separate from the things of the world, that we will even more walk humbly before thee, we will even more, O oh Lord Jesus, live, seek to live godly lives, O oh Lord Father, in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this time once again, O oh Lord, even as we end this day and rest tonight. We thank, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll give, it all, give us all a good night's rest. And if it's your will, that we should see another day in the land of the living, I pray, Father, that Lord, we will all be found in your house on time, prepared in our hearts, Father, to worship you and to hear from you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.